It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. T-Wolves battle back and beat Luka and the Mavs tonight, 119-101. I got Wolves expert Jack Borman to help me break it all down. It's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. T-Wolves moved to 18-5. and five. They jumped to 8-4 and four on the road after taking down Luka and the Mavs in Dallas, 119-101. What's happening, everyone? Back in the lab, back at it with another T-Wolves Postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Jack Borman, on Twitter, at JRBorman13. And before we jump into all the action, quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. All right, brother, let's jump right into this one. Lots to cover. Uh, bottom line, though, Jack, the Wolves have yet to lose a game this year following a loss. Just shows their resilience, their, uh, um, their just bounce-back ability this year. You know, Ant, which we'll get into, still kind of shaking some rust off. But walk me through it, man. I mean, your biggest headlines in this one as the Wolves claw back from that 17-2 deficit to open the game and end up winning this one by 18. Who are we? Who are these Wolves? Uh, what's your what's your big uh, headlines from this one? They, they just grind you down, man. Um, yeah. You know, this team was down 17 to 2 with 8.46 left in the first quarter. Uh, in the closing 44-46 of game time, the Wolves won those minutes 117 to 84. That's a 32-point margin. Uh, and they allowed 41 points in the second half to the number three offense in the league, according to Clean and Glass. Um, pretty impressive. Um, I, I think it's just the Wolves. I know we've talked about it before on this pot or on this you know postcast podcast. Um, th- this team just really believes in its style of play, right? I, I don't think that they, you know, Wolves teams of the past, even with you know some of the same guys, would have just tried to get this whole you know deficit back at once, right? Like, you know, last season, two seasons ago, we, we probably would have been flipping on prime video, right, to, to watch mm-hmm. the Thursday night football game or find another NBA game to watch. But, uh, man, these guys just don't panic. They stick together. Um, you know, they trust that they can just settle in and correct their mistakes and uh, fight back into the game and, and really, um, you know, just wear down their opponent, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And that's a really tough thing to trust in when you allow 17 points in the first three minutes and change uh, of game action and, um, you know, I think a lot of guys and a lot of NBA teams when they're down in deep holes, you know, feel like they need to get out of it with offense. And, you know, on, in some levels or in some cases you do, um, you know, if you're really faced with a time crunch, but you've got 44 of the four or, you know, 45 of the 48 minutes to go, you know, you just can't think like that. So um, that's the, that's probably the biggest one for me. And then obviously Nas Reed was just tremendous, right? Um, career high, seven made threes. I think he made f- uh, five in the first half, which mm-hmm. was a career high. His previous career high was four. Um, got up 11 threes, almost three times as many as any other Timberwolves player. Mike Conley, Nikhil, Alexander Walker were next with four apiece um, and shot a combined five of nine or five of eight from three, which was huge from those two. But 
um, man, just the way Nas is able to break down his defenders. Um, you know, Dallas is a team that has a really uh, small front court outside of its seven foot one rookie center, Derek Lively. And so Nas just did a great job, um, you know, playing off the catch. Um, you know, obviously making your first couple threes is huge to force the defense to close out on you a little bit harder. Uh, so he was able to attack off the dribble and and really kind of found a rhythm there, um, you know, attacking spread floors after the Mavs double teamed Carl Anthony Towns in the post and he got the ball out and the ball kind of got swinging around the perimeter and found Nas Reed. And uh, he just made the right play seemingly every single time the ball touched his hands. And that's what Chris Finch loves about him. Uh, I think that's why Nas Reed fits in and Chris Finch's kind of read and react play random system better than any other player on this team. Um, you know, just because of his ability to, to seemingly always make the right play and make really, really quick decisions. You know, even if it's the wrong decision, it's a quick decision. You know, a fast wrong decision is better than, you know, a slow good decision sometimes in, in, in NBA basketball. And so um, obviously those those two things are huge. And then, um, yeah, just really control composed game from Carl Anthony Towns. I thought um, he always does a great job rebounding. Uh, against smaller front courts, uh, especially when he's kind of got those smaller fours uh, guarding him. So he had 17 rebounds. I believe five of those were offensive, which was huge. Mm. Um, and then I had 24 point, or 21 points, excuse me, on an efficient 8 of 14 shooting, um, was just kind of showing off with some of those tough contested makes he had there in the third quarter, which was a lot of fun to, to kind of see him get hot and go shot for shot with Luca a little bit uh, before the Wolves were really able to take control of this one. So, um, you know, just a really, you know, great, great game from the Wolves able to find composure and, and kind of settle down, especially after Luca got off to that, that crazy start. I think he had 12 of the first 17 on five or six shooting and I think assisted the other two made field goals they had. So um, just a, a really resilient performance from a group, like you said, who hasn't, you know, lost two in a row all year. And um, you know, looks like it's just going to be a really tough out for any team to deal with in the playoffs. Yeah, you said it. The bench, man, they came through big time tonight. They got this team back into it. You mentioned it. Nas going off, breaks his personal record, most three-pointers in a game. You're right. Did it at halftime with five. Ends the game with seven, though. Team leading 27 points. And, and doing it all while Ant still tries to fight off the rust a little bit. And that's kind of been a big talking point is – who is this team offensively when Ant isn't on the court or isn't carrying the load on offense? So I guess how much of a statement game was that tonight to go blow for blow with the Mavs and Doncic and, and maybe spark some new life and confidence in this team knowing, hey, when Ant is having an off night, we can still put up points. I mean, how big is that not just for tonight in the win, but potentially moving forward later in the season as well? Yeah, I just think, you know, the depth is a really, really important thing, man. And, you know, honestly, I think it – I mean, players are going to tell you that they approach every game the same way, right? But I, I think when you see a guy struggling like that in Anthony Edwards, right, three of 19, obviously you found a way to impact the game, um, you know, as a playmaker, which is is a, is a great thing. But I, I think it forces guys almost to – you know, kind of know that their margin for error is a little bit smaller. And so they have to t have to make better, you know, decisions with the ball, better, sh take better shots, that type of thing. And Nikhil is just one of those guys where I, I think he really, um, you know, kind of just can settle into that complimentary role really well. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year, um, you know, without Jaden McDaniels and without Nas Reed. Um, and, and I think just having so many composed and mature and secure in themselves role players. Like all these role players have been paid, man. Mm -hmm. Like none of these guys are hunting for a huge contract right now. They all have their money. Um, and so there's no ego 
uh, among any of them, which is huge. And, and, and you look at Anthony Edwards and Mike Conley hits that three towards the end of the game is like the first one jumping up and down, celebrating him and, and giving him some love. I mean, you know, he's three of 19. Most guys would be pissed off. And, you know, even if they're winning a game where they'd just be frustrated and not, you know, have much emotion one way or the other. But the fact that Ann is just jumping for joy for all these guys that are, you know, finding success on nights that he is and is, is incredible. Um, so I think, you know, when you, you can have, you know, the best of both worlds in a sense, where you have all these guys that can step up, but you also have a leader that doesn't get down on himself when he's not playing well um, on nights. Those guys do step up is uh, certainly is a fun thing to watch, um, you know, over the course of an 82 game season. Yeah, and, and and I mean, speaking of the bench stepping up, how about Nah, man? Five of six from the floor because I guess we always come on here. We always talk about the big studs. It's like okay, we only got twenty five minutes here after every game. We always talk about the big studs, all the big names on this team, all the big stats. There's a few guys though, like Nah, who don't put up the monster stats every night, but give the Wolves the hustle plays, the effort plays this season instead. How good's he been? And I mean, I guess maybe anybody else impress you tonight, albeit maybe not on the stat sheet, but instead doing some of the dirty work out on the court. Yeah, obviously now is one of those guys. I mean, I think now is a plus 21 in the first half, um, which was, which was pretty huge. Um, it was either in the first half or uh, through the first three quarters, one of the two, I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, yeah, I mean, he just is, stuck to guys like glue. Right. And, and you need guys that are willing to do that every single night. I mean, he's not a guy that's expending much of any of his offense or excuse me, much, much, if any of his energy on the offensive end of the floor saves it all for the defensive end of the floor. Mm. Um, and just really irritates guys. Like even if Luke is scoring or even if whoever he's uh, matched up with is scoring, he's making it tough for them, kind of draining their energy, make them work harder than they normally would. Um, so all that stuff is really important. Uh, I think. And then, um, you know, I, I, and then beyond Nah, I think Kyle Anderson really deserves some credit tonight. Um, Kyle Anderson's a guy who, uh, played pretty well on Luca matched up on Luca last year, uh, for the Timberwolves and ha has had some success historically against him. Um, just in terms of one-on-one -on -one matchups and the way that Kyle Anderson's, I think forced more turnovers than he's allowed assists uh, mm. in the last few seasons when he's been guarding Luka Doncic, which is really important. Mm. Um, and then did that tonight. You saw he had, he had a couple of steals off of Luka uh, in the second half, I believe really irritated, really irritated him in the third and fourth quarters, that fourth quarter, especially. Um, and, uh, you know, those are just things that you don't really think about um, over the course of a game. You know, it's just kind of easy to watch the ball and, and see, you know, who shot it and what the result is. But I think, you know, when you're able to see Luca go up against all these different kind of guys, right? And Luca's just such a unique and tough cover. Um, like people forget that Luca Doncic is like 6'8", 240. Like he is a house. Um, That's insane, it, dude. They and, said that actually on the broadcast. Yeah, and, and, it's and like, it didn't even click. It's like, no, that guy's not that, and guy's it's not like, that big, is he? And it's what? like. Kyle Anderson's like six nine two fifteen. That's insane. And you know he he bodied up Luca and made it really tough for him. And you know just another guy who was willing to do the dirty work. And, and Troy Brown Jr. was right there with him in the fourth quarter. Um, who played some some really good defense on Luca in the fourth just to kind of prevent the Mavs from you know having any last gasp of um, you know of a chance of getting back into the game. And um, you know, when, when you're able to, to turn to guys like that, kind of at the end of your bench where, you know, Trobon Jr. was playing pretty significant minutes for the Lakers last season. Um, Kyle Anderson, you know, started, uh, a lot for this team last season without Carl Anthony mm -hmm. Towns. I mean, it's just a luxury, man. Um, and it, 
you know, I think it provides just so much more margin for error for the team as a whole. Um, you know, I, I know I said individually is it in, for individuals, it can kind of reduce that margin for error when you have a guy like Ant out, but, um, you know, for the entire collective, including Ant, you know, it, it, it allows you so much more leeway when a star is not having a great night to be able to turn to some of these other guys and trust that, you know, they can still play within themselves, um, but, you know, kind of collectively make up for, you know, what Ant couldn't give them tonight. And it's just really, really fun to see. Um, a, a plus 20 plus minus from now, nah, you're right tonight, tying Ant with the team lead. That speaks volumes in itself right there. Um, is it safe to say this offense can keep up really with anyone if they stop those sloppy turnovers? I know it ended up being pretty close to even by the end of the night, but 11 turnovers at halftime alone, 15 to three points off turnover advantage for, for the Mavs. I mean, just think about that stat alone, 15 to three disadvantage just because of the turnovers at halftime and, and no favors at the free throw line tonight either, by the way, if they can clean that up, how good can they be? And I guess from what you've watched this far, every game's a little bit different. How fixable is some of that stuff? Yeah, you know, it's tough. I mean, I think the Wolves have had way too many turnovers um, starting fast breaks this season, like some of their yeah. outlet passes. Um, it started with Carl having kind of that bug at the start of the year where he was really struggling to, you know, throw good outlet passes and not turn it over. Um, Kyle had a couple of them tonight. Rudy obviously has had some, you know, when he's not handing the ball off to someone. Um, you know, I think that they really just have to keep their heads about them after they close out stops, right? I think all you want to think about is just flying up the court and run, 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 run. But I would say like probably five or six of their turnovers tonight came, you know, trying to start fast break possessions and, and they stole the ball back a couple of times. So I guess it's a wash, but, um, you know, it, it's, those are the things that you got to clean up because they're kind of unforced, right? Um, it's just simple communication things and, um, you know, and, and just kind of, you know, it's a two-way street, right? Like you got to give your teammate a good, you know, passing lane and a good mm -hmm. and kind of show to the ball and go to the ball instead of trying to let the ball always come to you. But the guys throwing the passes too, just like got to make sure the guy's looking before they throw it. Um, and so I, I think those are two big things. Um, but in terms of the offense, being able to keep up with some of these other elite offenses, like it's funny, right? I, the Wolves haven't gotten into too many games that have just turned into shootouts. I think they've done a really good job of kind of making other teams play at their pace. And that's such a huge thing in the NBA, um, especially when you come down to the playoffs. Like if, you know, a team, it's kind of what happened in that Grizzlies series from a few years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Grizzlies obviously were really good at, at forcing turnovers and getting out and run and running and playing quickly and all that. But but they really like to drag you into the half court um, and play a half court game where the Wolves didn't love to do that. And um, I think that made everything tense kind of in, down the stretch of those games. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Wolves had some of those choking losses. Um, and I think it's the complete opposite now, right? Where, where the Wolves just really want to drag teams into the mud with them and, and force them to get stops. And I think that's the way that they can kind of keep up with these offenses. Um, but in terms of shootouts, I mean, it's, it remains to be seen, right? Like the Wolves, have had a really, really strong offense when Anthony Edwards has been on the floor. I, I know Dane Moore tweeted something about this earlier today where I, I want to say they had like a top 10 offense with Ant on the floor and a bottom five offense with Ant off the floor, something like that. Um, and, and it, you know, obviously Ant's great. He's 25 points per game scorer, but um, I think a lot of it too is process, right? Like you just got to move the ball. Um, I think a lot of the Wolves turnovers come when they're in isolation and they're just trying to do too much with it rather than, um, 
rather than just sharing it and moving off of it. Uh, you know, we talked on the last show about you know, you need to provide outlets for cat when he gets doubled in the post. You know, those are the types of things, right? It's a two way street. It's not always just on the guy who has the ball. Um, you know, sometimes obviously it is, but, um, but yeah, I think it, it'll, you know, those are things that you hope is the team kind of plays more together and, and gets more comfortable and watches more film and can kind of point these things out that they can, they can make those, um, you know, kind of make those adjustments, but, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, that's obviously something that could be pretty problematic for them if they can't, they can't fix that problem as the season goes on. Yeah. Well said a couple more on tonight and what you saw, but first a quick word from our sponsors over at FanDuel. Quick reminder, tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when you win just a $5 money line wager. That's $150 in bonus bets when you throw down just $5 on any money line. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use. And they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it. They got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season. And it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. America's number one sports book. Place your $5 money line wager today for your chance to win $150 in bonus bets on FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, let's pick up back here. Wolves now 14 and one when leading after the third quarter. That's an incredible stat in itself. How the heck are they doing it? What's the secret sauce right now when it comes to this team closing out games in the fourth quarter? Yeah, obviously I think their, you know, their defense has been great. Chris Finch talked about earlier in the season. Like I think everyone on this team feels like they're in more control over the game just because your defense is something that no matter what's going on on the offensive end of the floor, you can always lock in on defense and, um, you know, and, and close out games and grind down teams playing that way, playing really tough together, um, you know, multiple defense, right. Being able to, to switch, uh, you know, type of defense you're playing, whether it's, you know, switching drop at the level, which we saw all of tonight. Uh, they like to bring out that zone, um, you know, especially in the third quarters to try to junk up games and change the rhythm and flow of the game. Like all that stuff is really important, right? Because they can go to any of that stuff, um, you know, depending on who's on the floor, what personnel is on the floor for the other team, you know, all those types of things. And so I think it starts there, right? Um, you know, they have the best rim protector in the world, Rudy Gobert. They have arguably the best perimeter defender in the world, Jane McDaniels. Um, a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's more than willing of, of taking that challenge, you know, when he wants to. He doesn't always want to, um, but when he wants to, he's elite. Um, and then they just have a lot of length, um, and that's really important, especially as you know games tend to get more in the half court in the fourth quarter. There's less running up and down, less transition opportunities, and it's just tough to teams for tough for teams to deal with that. And then I think you know they've re really figured out kind of who they want to play through in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, I think they play play a lot through Carl Anthony Towns at the top of the key and at the nail, kind of in between the free throw line and the and the three point line. Uh, in the middle of the floor there, uh, and they found great success doing it, right? And and those guys, and, you know, Carl obviously can shoot it from anywhere, can put the ball on the deck, has made really good decisions as a driver in crunch time, um, and they've really gone away from putting the ball in Anthony Edwards' hands, which, you know, I think uh, some fans might think would be, you know, you know, a disadvantage for them, but, you know, there's a lot of times where Ant kind of plays hero ball and doesn't really pass the ball, and the offense gets bogged down, and there's a lot of just bad possessions, 
Um, and I think playing through Carl and then obviously getting to more pick and roll with, with Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert um, in the empty corner has been, been really important. That's just a, a really easy repeatable action for them to get to. And then what I've really liked this season is if, you know, you go look at, you know, some of the visualizations around which guys are on the floor generally to start the fourth quarter. Um, a lot of times it's Mike Conley, Kyle Anderson, and Rudy Gobert, right? Just three veteran guys, two ball handlers that, that you feel good with the ball in their hands. Um, and, and then obviously having, having, you know, Rudy's rim defense is really important. Um, and then the middle, of the middle part of the quarter that they, they like to go with, with Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed or Carl Anthony Towns and Kyle Anderson, as kind of a, a way to activate Carl as a, as a scoring five. I mean, when he gets going as a scoring five, there's not too many players in the league better than him at that. Um, and then if you can kind of get him in a rhythm down the stretch, which we've seen plenty in four or five games that Carl's just won them the game for him. Um, you no, know, that's been really important. And so I, I really like the way that Chris Finch has, um, you know, approached this season and approached fourth quarters. Um, it's worked really, really well for him. We haven't seen any of those, you know, debacle, um, you know, blowing a huge second half lead. Uh, outside of that Atlanta game, which has been uh, obviously a great thing to see. And, um, you know, it's just a, a thing that you hope the Timberwolves can keep going and, and kind of keep building that momentum as they, you know, approach uh, the fourth quarter. And, and this month with how many playoff teams they play is going to be, uh, you know, a great test of that. Yeah, we got Zion the other night versus the Pelicans, lost that game. Bounce back tonight versus Luka. But, dude, how, how special is that guy? You kind of touched on it, but just real quick, 39 points, 13 assists just disgusting you know you're a freak when everyone goes nuts when you miss two shots in a row like oh my god you're terrible now you miss two shots back to back the sky is falling if you were drafting a team from scratch what pick is he in the pecking order just kind of top of your head in terms of the whole nba yeah mm-hmm. man i mean I he's got he's still got to be top what five six I, seven I, at, I pers- at worst i i personally think luke is the best offensive player in the in the world I, I don't think there's anybody better than him offensively. Just how, how much he can manipulate a defense in the half court. He makes the right read every single time, like literally every single time. Uh, and if there's the slightest sliver of space that he can fit a pass through to a, a, a shooter in the corner, a big on the roll, whether it's a pocket pass, a lob, a chest pass, whatever it is. I mean, he just creates angles to pass through better than you know anyone I have ever seen. Um, you know, LeBron included, um, mm. and, and obviously just his tough shot making, right? I mean, you, you go look at all of his field goal attempts tonight. I, there's probably more than half of them where there's a hand right here, uh, right in his face, whether it's Jaden, Nikhil, Kyle, Troy Brown, Carl, Rudy, you know, whoever it is, uh, he just makes so many tough shots. And when you do everything right as a defender, uh, and then that happens with a guy like Luka Doncic, it's just frustrating. And I don't know that there's a guy who makes fans of the team who's playing defense more helpless than him, right? It's maybe Steph, which is some of the shots that Steph can hit from deep late in the shot clock. But the way Luca can play in isolation uh, so efficiently is just insane. And, and how he has the stamina to do it over and over and over and over again, especially, I mean, we didn't get to see it tonight in the fourth quarter, thankfully, uh, but man, oh man, he just, breaks a defense down better than better than anyone in the league right now I think and just an otherworldly talent and it's and it's really a true shame uh for NBA fans at large that 
that the Dallas front office has done such a terrible job of putting a successful infrastructure around him and, and yeah. solid pieces around him that can, you know, really support him and carry help help him carry the team deep into the playoffs because he is he is one on one man. He's a he's a ton of fun to watch. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna guess that you would draft him in like the top five six picks. You can hold that thought. Or we'll pick for sure. Up next I, time. He's so there somewhere. He's, in I mean, there. he's there. I, I don't expect you to pull out every single name. Uh, you After know, Jokic, pick, he could be there. Okay, he could too. be right there. Wow, he could yeah. be wow that high. Okay, no, I respect it. I get it. All right, I got two more quick ones to close before we wrap up. But first, a quick word from Dave.com. Quick reminder, tonight's episode is brought to you by Dave, because at one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is out here to help. Dave can get you the cash when you need a hand in between paychecks, and Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to $500 in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account, advance money with no interest, and then settle up later. Download Dave today at dave.com slash locked on NBA. That's dave.com slash locked on NBA for $500 in five minutes or less with no credit check and no late fees. Download the Dave app and go to dave.com slash locked on NBA for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve member FDIC. All right, real quick. We're officially past the quarter of the way through the season, Mark. What's been the the top one or two biggest surprises to you when it comes to your preseason Wolves expectations and where we stand today? In, in no order, just top of your head. I got to imagine having the number one defense in the NBA is up there somewhere. No, actually, I thought the Timberwolves okay. were going to be the best. I, I mean, wow. I think I said it on the basketball party. Um, when we did oh, our we'll pull, we'll pull the archives up of that. We'll pull the footage. Yeah, well, you might have to. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident <laughs> I said the Timberwolves would be the best defense in the league. Um, I, I also said that I thought they'd be the second team in the West. I thought they'd go 52 and 30. Look at um, you all over it. They're currently on pace to do better than that. So, um, yeah, man, I, I the biggest surprise, honestly, that Carl Anthony Towns has looked as good as he has. Mm. Um, I, I think that. that he just has to change so much of what he does. Um, and he's been so malleable and he's answered the call this season in a way that I, I think truthfully better than anyone could have hoped for from him. I mean, the way that he's really settled in here over the last, you know, 10, 12 games, averaging like 23 and 10 on 50, 50, 85 shooting uh, has just been a, a godsend for this team, especially when they've missed ant late in games, like we've talked about. So I'd say, I'd say that's right there. And then beyond that, I, I'd probably say, man, just that, you know, Kyle Anderson has struggled a little bit and Shake Milton has struggled a little bit. I thought those two guys would uh, would would probably fit in a lot better with this team. Um, I, I felt really confident about Kyle Anderson playing the three and he hasn't uh, he hasn't played quite as well as I think he played last year. But then again, you know, when you go from playing 28, 30 minutes a game as a starter at a different position to now, um, you know, be asked to do some different things coming off the bench, playing only, you know, 20 to 25 minutes. It's a big change. And, you know, I think, you know, myself, I probably should have allowed him some more grace there. But, um, 
but that, I think that just speaks so highly to like what I think of him as a player and that he's just so important and crucial to what this team does and, and such a high IQ and, um, and high level player. So I'd say probably those things. And then, you know, outside of that, you know, I think it's just kind of hard to, hard to judge the rest of it. Right. Like, you know, I, I hope that Rudy Gobert would, would come, come through in the way that he did, but I, like, I probably couldn't have assumed that he would have, been you know this good like he he's playing the best basketball of his career this season mm-hmm. um yeah that's why no question about it um and that's really been important and you know i think that the timberwolves have been such a dominant second half team i i think that's on it that's been a big thing that that was not a big thing last year or even two years ago um with a lot you know like i said a lot of the similar pieces here um and, and i think just a lot of that has to do with mike conley right you know, yeah. just having a calm presence, a guy you can trust. And, you know, this is now the, what, the third full season with this coaching staff for, for all these guys They know what they're about. Um, you know, I'll really trust and believe in one another. So, um, and that's a great comment from whoever just shouted that about Nas's defense, the way that he's been able to move his feet at the three has been, um, yeah, it's been pretty incredible. Um, and, and something that certainly opens more doors for, for this team in terms of, you know, nights where Nas and Carl both have it going and you want to be able to play those guys late in games and, and hopefully be able to close potentially with that that three big lineup, depending on what the other team is is doing. That's our boy, Random Planet, who dominates like Nas Reed in the comments section every night <laughs> all over it. Um, All right. Last one. Schedule coming up is no joke. Doesn't let up. Pacers, Heat, Sixers, Lakers, Kings, gauntlet. Three of the next five on the row. Quick thoughts when you hear that stretch. And after what you saw tonight, I mean, what's the number one thing that needs to be improved or continue to be an area of strength for this team during that stretch? Winning games that you're supposed to win, baby. Um, you know, they're supposed to win the game against Indiana, right? Indiana has really struggled um, against length uh, and against size. Uh, and so that's something that uh, the Timberwolves obviously have. Uh, they've played pretty well against the Pacers the last few years. Um, obviously, they're, they're driven by superstar point guard Tyrese Halliburton, um, Jaden Nah, Ant. You know, they've got the horse, Troy Brown Jr. They've got the horses to be able to do it and shut them down. I think um, they're all, also awfully thin on the front line with uh, you know, Obi Toppin at the four. It's another great opportunity for Carl to, to really take control of that game. It's at home um, celebrating Ant's jersey, or shoe launch, which should be fun feel good about that. And then Miami, I think they could be without Bam Adebayo. They also could be without Tyler Hero, who said today he's targeting a return either Monday against the Wolves or Wednesday in the game after that. So, um, And then Philadelphia will be a fun game, man. They didn't play Joel Embiid uh, when they when they came to Target Center right before Thanksgiving. Um, so it'll be a good opportunity to you know face another guy like Zion. It's just a, a dominant force in the paint, can draw a lot of fouls, can score from in there. Um you know, it's, it'll be a good test of, of kind of this this big lineup. And then and against the Lakers, you know, same thing. It'll be interesting if, if LeBron wants to play in that one. Um, you know, LeBron just hasn't really cared about playing against the Timberwolves in recent games. Um, you know, he's played in those games, obviously. Um, and this isn't counting the play-in play game, but um, just hasn't really, you know, felt like putting his imprint on the game quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that'll be, that'll be interesting if, if he gets up for that one, um, even though it's in Minnesota. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, I think it's just really good opportunity for the wolves to, uh, you know, find out more about themselves playing against, you know, wildly different types of superstars between, um, Halliburton and Butler and Embiid and, and then Davis and James, and then, 
Uh, and then De'Aaron Fox, um, you know, next weekend um, out in Sacramento. So it'll be a lot of fun. Good test for the Wolves. And, and like I said, too, a good test of all the different types of defenses they can play. Right. Because, you know, one defense isn't going to solve everything for this squad against all those different types of players. So uh, it'll be cool to see, um, you know, which kind of defensive players can uh, make more of an imprint, imprint on the game based on, uh, you know, who they're defending and, and what type of defensive coverage they deploy. Uh, well done tonight, as always. I know you're itching to get out of here to go check that Raiders-Chargers score in your oh, toilet, game, toilet bowl game. So we'll get out of here. Wolves Don't get down, even start. <laughs> we'll we'll oh. get down 17-2. They end up winning this one by 18 in Dallas. Hold off Luka, his 39 points and 14 assists. Nas Reed with 27, seven threes cut. Uh, breaks his uh, uh, career high with three pointers. Wolves moved to 18 and five on the year. Now eight and four on the road. As always, huge shout out to everyone that joined us on tonight's postcast. Rest assured, we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. And quick reminder as well: go check out all of Jack's work on Twitter at jrborman13. Anything we should be on the lookout for? Anything on Canis Hoopus? Uh, anything as of late? Wolves fans might want to dive into. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on a lot of previews here for the rest of the month. Um, not as many home games, so I won't be recapping as many games with mm -hmm. uh, with being on the postcast here. Um, but but obviously with uh, with work winding down here a little bit, the the rest of the month full time work at least. Um, I have some more more time to give to to some columns, which will be which will be fun, especially now that we uh, have a pretty good sample size of of what this team looks like and and what they could be. So should be uh, should be a lot of fun to to watch this team and, and cover them here against all these playoff teams the rest of the month. Yeah, love it. That'll do it for us tonight. Next on deck, Pacers this Saturday, tip-off, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Join us again right here for the entire recap. And follow all our work over on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network if you haven't already. Like that, subscribe so you never miss a beat. And one more plug if you haven't, go check out Ben Beacon over the Locked On Wolves podcast as well. He's pumping out daily wolf stuff every single day. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.